This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This podcast is brought to you by Midland Radio USA, your leader in overlanding and off-roading communications. Also, join the brigade at truckbrigade.com, the best of the best for off-road and overlanding gear. And Rigid Industries Off-Road Lighting, own the night with Rigid. Welcome to the Anderson Overland Podcast. Well, welcome back. Welcome back to the Anderson Overland Podcast. I am your guide host today, this fabulous day. It is uh, a great day. You know what? I um, am home with my family, and that's what's important. And uh, you know what? Uh, This weekend is uh, Super Bowl Sunday and all that, and um, I am not interested (laughs) (laughs) that is the, uh, I don't know. I'm just not into it. Not into football at all. I could care less. I don't even know what the hell, uh, anything means or, uh, yeah, the skirmish, whatever it is. (laughs) Anyways. Yeah. So welcome back guys. I'm uh, stoked to have you here and it's, uh, man, it's been like, gosh, a month since I recorded one of these. Um, I recorded a couple back to back the last time and, uh, just kind of had a, a nice break of doing this every two weeks and it's been nice. And so, um, I'm stoked to be back doing this and you know what, you guys didn't know the difference, but I did. So I needed a little break. It's, you know what, even every two weeks, it, uh, is a lot of work yet. You don't realize what goes into this kind of stuff. Those, the YouTube content creators and, all the guys that do that stuff, man, they make a living doing it, but man, it is a lot of work. And if you don't uh, know what you're doing, it is a tremendous amount of work. So, but yeah, today I'm stoked to talk about a lovely little town, village, whatever you want to call it. It's called Wrightwood, California. I spent a tremendous amount of my time as a child, as a teenager in that beautiful little mountain town. 
this is the first time that I've actually uh, lived in the desert in a while. Um, I, I grew up in Wrightwood and the foothills on the north side of Wrightwood, Pinion Hills it was called, um, almost my entire life until I was married. And then as soon as I got married, I got the hell out of there for multiple reasons. <laughs> One of those, um, you know, you grow up in the town that you, uh, you just, I don't know, after a while you just want to get out of there. And, uh, I needed my own life and my own people. And uh, I'm not saying that everybody there was, was terrible, but there were some terrible people there, people there that, uh, I just didn't want to spend the rest of my life seeing at the store and in town. And, uh, so we bailed and went to big bear and spent 20 years of our lives in another mountain town. So, you know, I've really grown up and been in that environment most of my life above, gosh, above like 4,000 feet in elevation, 5,000 feet in elevation my entire life, other than a few years um, when I was very young. And even then, we lived in the mountains in Arizona and Prescott, where I was born for a short period of time before my parents moved us to California. But uh, one of the first towns in uh, my memory, um, was Wrightwood and we moved there, man, gosh, it must've been 1988 maybe. And we lived off this, this road called Lone Pine Canyon road in this, uh, old, like, I don't know, it must've been like 1960s, 1970s cabin. And what's funny is when Robin and I got married, we moved from Pinion Hills, uh, Phelan area, which is another podunk desert town, um, up to Wrightwood cause we didn't want to live in the foothills anymore. And, uh, or the high desert, some people say we moved to Wrightwood and we loved it up there. You know, it was, it was, uh, it was cool. We, the first house that we, that we got was just like the first house that my parents got in, in Wrightwood. It was this old school cabin and, uh, squirrels running through the walls in the middle of the night. <laughs> I remember, I remember this one, this one night at this cabin, it's crazy. We were laying there. We had, I think we'd lived there maybe a couple of weeks and, um, we moved in in the middle of, of winter. I remember moving our refrigerator in and it was absolutely insane trying to get this refrigerator in the back door. And I mean, there must've been five or six feet of snow around this house. It was an absolute nightmare. Um, but we loved the snow. We've been snowboarders our whole entire lives until, you know, in the last few years that we've been in the, in the desert of Arizona, um, at the Colorado river where we live now, but, uh, we were snow, we were snow people. And, um, so we were all about it, but man, it was such a pain getting all of our furniture in this little cabin. But I remember like first couple weeks in we were sitting, <laughs> laying in bed and it was like, I don't know, two o'clock in the morning. And I, I heard this, like what sounded like marbles rolling down the wall, <laughs> Like across the wall and we woke up we're like what in the freaking god awful hell is that <laughs> turn the lights on and there was a squirrel that was that was uh storing acorns for the season and uh we i mean probably for a good hour this little bastard was freaking rolling acorns across the wall behind our heads from one end our of our master bedroom to the other and uh you could hear him roll them across and then just toss them into this pile. And, um, so anyways, we, we were able to find the hole that he was getting into on the outside of the house. It was a, a hole that was made by, um, woodpeckers 
if you guys are mountain folk or, or no woodpeckers at all, you know, they can create some pretty crazy holes and stuff and those squirrels can get in anything. And so I found the hole and plugged the hole. Well, then a couple months later, we weren't there for very long. I think we were at this house, maybe six, eight months. But this, like a couple months later, we were, we had to get our washer and dryer replaced and, or one installed. I don't think there was one at all in there actually. And the, the heating situation, the whole, the whole freaking place was just, it just, uh, I don't know. It was a tough place to live in, but it was our first house. So anyways, we were renting and, uh, the landlord put this, this stackable washer and dryer in for us. And I'll never forget. <laughs> it was between the spare bedroom and the master bedroom and, this guy, this plumber guy that was drilling the hole for the vent pipe up through the ceiling, he punched a hole up there and all these acorns came out of the freaking attic. And I swear to God, I'm not even kidding you guys. It filled a our closet in our spare bedroom halfway up. I remember he opened the freaking closet door when we got home and showed us and they just all came pouring out. It, it was insane. So this, this squirrel... Mr. Squirrel must have been working hard for, for months on end, just storing up, man. It was crazy. But yeah, so Wrightwood is a really cool little mountain town. Um, it used to be that you could drive all the way through it without hitting a stop sign. And, there, you know, it was it was awesome. They put some stop signs in on the main, on Highway 2 there going through town, which totally sucks. And it just makes the place an absolute mess in the wintertime. But we, we spent, uh, Robin and I both spent a lot, a lot, a lot of time at the, the local ski hill, which was Mountain High Resort. And I pretty much grew up on that mountain. And so did she, we actually met on Chair 6, the old Chair 6 from Mountain High. And what was funny, years later when we lived in Big Bear, I heard that they dismantled that lift to replace all the chairs. And I was able to get a hold of, through a friend of mine, uh, I got a hold of one of the chairs from that lift that we met on and uh, took it home and restored it and hung it in our yard for Robin. And um, it was just a really cool memory to have one of those chairs from that lift that we met on that we spent hours and hours and hours and days um, riding to go up, you know, up to the top of the mountain there. Pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, Wrightwood has a lot of history there. There was uh, some settlers there in the 1800s for, um, some cattle grazing and, um, they were, you know, just, uh, back and forth from Colton. Um, the guy's name, I can't remember his name, but, uh, his last name was Wright, And, um, I think his name was Sumner, Sumner Wright, And he established that town and it was, um, you know, one of those famous, you know, uh, settler type towns. There was a lot of cattle grazing in, in uh, Swarthout Canyon, which is pretty much like the Swarthout Valley is where Wrightwood sits. Um, Swarthout Canyon is is down now kind of below Lo- Lone Pine Canyon or kind of next to it, but um, that comes out of uh, the Cajon Pass and kind of heads up Lone Pine Canyon to, to Wrightwood. They call that the old Swarthout Valley. But yeah, so uh, Mountain High opened in the 50s, I believe, and was called Holiday Hill. And then they changed the name uh, to Mountain High later on. But um, there's a lot of history in that town. It's, it's, it's pretty awesome. There's 
there's uh, the Big Pines Visitor Center, which used to be like a dance hall and and uh, kind of a gathering place right there at the entrance, right across the entrance from Mountain High West. There's there's actually two, three mountains actually to Mountain High. There's Mountain High West, there's Mountain High East, and then there's the uh, uh, Mountain High North, I believe it's called, up on top of Table Mountain now, um, which used to be a Sunrise Ski Resort, which I also spent a lot of time at as a kid doing a lot of backcountry snowboarding up there. And then Mountain High bought it, and um, now it's a little resort. But but yeah, that upper part there of Wrightwood, um, I mean, the whole town has just an amazing amount of history. We, we lived at the top of um, Heath Creek Canyon, um, like way at the top. I mean, I think we were like one of the last houses up there, and um, there are some old trails and some really old historical homes up there, and a, a Catholic um, like summer camp up there, and and just really cool old buildings and things in that town to see. There's still a lot of them there. If you go driving through Wrightwood, it's like maybe about an hour and a half drive out of L.A., um, maybe about 45 minutes from San Bernardino uh, north on, uh, you know, you go up the Cajon pass and you get up, get off at highway 138, take that out towards, uh, like you're heading towards Palmdale and then you'll make a left on either Lone Pine Canyon road, which is at the bottom of old Cajon or, um, at the top of that, uh, valley is highway two. And it, it, it takes you all the way into, uh, Azusa actually, if you keep taking the highway. But yeah, Robin and I got married up there in 2001 and then shortly thereafter moved, up into that cabin. Like I said, that was just like my parents' cabin and, uh, had some crazy experiences in the snow up there and, um, just loved it. And our landlord actually, you know, like I said, became a, just a douche and we ended up leaving. We got a job offer. Actually, we, we were so involved in the ski and snowboard industry for so many years. And we both worked at mountain high for, I think I was there for eight seasons. I worked on the snowboard park team, um, pretty much snowboarding every single day. And then uh, I worked as a groomer the last several years there and drove snowcat and, and built the snowboard park for, for uh, a lot of years. Um, and, um, we got a job offer in, <clears throat> excuse me, in green Valley Lake, California, which is just below big bear. They had a ski hill up there called Ski Green Valley. It used to be called Big Air Resort, and uh, it was a big snowboard park area for a long time. And then it got bought out by a um, a company. They renamed it to um, Ski Green Valley, and they um, got bought out by a church organization. And they reached out to us, to Robin and I, and asked us if we wanted to run help run the ski area up there and, uh, kind of head up the whole snowboard park, um, area. And, uh, so that's what we did. We packed up from Wrightwood and we headed towards Green Valley Lake. That's another story, but, uh, yeah, Wrightwood, we got, we got married at Wrightwood Baptist church in 2001, March 20th of 2001. And, uh, it was awesome. It was a little bit of snow on the ground and God, we were just kids. I mean, I think, gosh, I think I was like 21. I think Robin was 18, just, just recently turned 18. We were just children. I, it's insane that we got married that young, but we thought we had it all together. And boy, I'll tell you, uh, we went through some stuff. <laughs> we learned, uh, some, some big life lessons right away, but you know what? I'm, I, I'm glad that, that we experienced what we experienced and we've come a long way and, and, um, we've been super blessed since then, but 
Yeah. So as far as uh, overlanding and camping up there and things to see, there is one of my favorite spots up there actually is just past mountain high. And you can get to this like in the spring, I think they open the gate like later part of the spring and all summer um, is Blue Ridge Road. And you'll take highway two up past mountain high west. It goes up to inspiration point, which is also another awesome place to go. And right there, uh, right in the Inspiration Point parking lot, actually, you make a left at the top of the summit there and uh, catch Blue Ridge Road. And Blue Ridge Road will hug Mountain High West about mid-slope across that entire uh, part of the resort. And then it goes into some forest uh, between the two resorts. And then you start going through Mountain High East. And uh, once you get up to Mountain High East, there's some incredible views from up there off the backside into like Baden Powell and Mount Baldy and all that area. Um, Cucamonga peak, um, all that back there. It's awesome. Devil's backbone as you're driving along Blue Ridge. It's, it's actually kind of intimidating the first time if you're, if you're not a, if you don't have a lot of uh, four wheel drive experience and, and stuff, but it's a very well maintained road usually. Um, and there's some pretty cool places to see up there. There's some side shoots off of that road that go up to some radio towers and stuff that I've, I've spent time up, you know, up there hiking around and in the, in the springtime snowboarding up there. Cause we could drive to a lot of those areas and, and hit patches of snow still for a long time before they would melt off. And, um, if you take Blue Ridge road, it goes all the way down to this rad, uh, campground called guffy campground it's all the way at like the east end of the road and uh robin and i actually put a little note like we were here or whatever like back in 2001 or 2002 and and put it in the hole this hole in this tree and put a rock there i I wonder if it's still there but um it's only a kick a jump a block it's only a serve it's only a tackle, a run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. It's a really neat campground, and it overlooks the high desert on the north end of, of the mountain there into Victorville and Hesperia and all that. And then you can also look off the other side into Los Angeles. And uh, on a clear day, you can see uh, Catalina from up there, which is super rad <clears throat> and a lot of backcountry hiking up there. Um, a lot of trailheads come off that road too. So yeah, check that out. Blue Ridge road. Um, there's a lot of places up there to camp and, um, you know, I, I'm pretty sure the forest service pretty much leaves everybody alone up there. Most of the time I've never been harassed up there, but, um, it's been, a, it's been a minute since I've been up there and done any kind of camping, but yeah, Guffy campground, is definitely one to, uh, to go to. Um, if you are able to go and continue down Blue Ridge truck trail from, from Guffy campground there, there used to be an old, uh, campground down there called Lupine campground and cabin flats campground. I think they're closed now and I'm almost sure that the road is just so bad. I think they might even closed Blue Ridge road past Guffy campground, but, um, definitely one to check out if you can get down there. But uh, yeah, so just a, 
a, just a plethora. You like that word? It's a big word, plethora. A plethora of camping areas along Blue Ridge. Um, just be super respectful of that area. I don't think you're allowed to have any campfires, but um, man, some of the vistas and some of the little turnoffs and stuff along that road, that Forest Service road, are just absolutely awesome. Um, some amazing secret backcountry snowboarding too off that road in the wintertime. We would start off on the... Uh, the far west side of Mountain High West at the top of this this ski slope called Conquest, if I remember right. You kind of snowboard along this ridge there and and you drop down the backside and it drops down into like where Blue Ridge Road starts and you can you can take it all the way back to Highway 2. Um, but we would snowboard all the way down there and then back across and back to the resort up to where the uh, Bull Wheel Saloon at the actual resort, um, is you could snowboard back down and, and it would kind of empty you out behind that, that bar. Pretty cool. If you guys are interested in doing that, if you guys are any avid snowboarders out there and, uh, that's something you want to check out, let me know. And I'll, I'll actually give you a map because it's, uh, you don't want to get lost back there in the wintertime. People, people get lost and, and do stupid stuff and don't want you to get set up for failure, but that is an amazing place to check out and inspiration point in the summertime. We used to go down there when I was a kid and throw rocks off that cliff there. <laughs> but yeah, we're, we're Blue Ridge road starts and at highway two, there's a inspiration point, which is another incredible place to go during sunsets. And just the views are just breathtaking up there. I have definitely taken uh, Robin up there when we were dating and um, when I was dating. It's a really cool place to go and uh, very romantic. So, um, But if you keep going on Highway 2, there is the Grassy Hollow Visitor Center just past Inspiration Point on the right. That's a really cool place to go and hike around, spend a lot of time there. Um, Table Mountain Campground is another really cool place uh, across the entrance to Mountain High West. If you take that road up, um, I think it's just called Table Mountain Road. It goes up to, like I said, Mountain High North and the old Table Mountain Campground, which is another really, really cool spot to camp. There are designated campground areas, which, you know, like I said in previous podcasts, I'm more of a dispersed camping guy. But if you want a nice just really beautiful campground to, to uh, camp out at. Um, it's awesome. And, and off the, the north side of that campground, it drops into like Palmdale and Pear Blossom and uh, Little Rock and stuff. And you can see all the lights at night and you're pretty far up. Um, I think you're at almost 7,000, 8,000 feet in elevation and, and uh, looking down right into the lights there at night is really, really neat. There's nothing like that. So definitely check that out. If you continue on Highway 2, um, you know, up past Inspiration Point, you go that direction. It'll take you up to Vincent Gap, which is the Mount Baden-Powell, which is a massive mountain. Uh, Mount Baden-Powell tra- uh, trailhead is right there at Vincent Gap. And if you take that trail uh, towards Baden-Powell, there's the old Bighorn Mine, which if you guys have not uh, been familiar with that at all or have ever checked that out, Bighorn Mine is insane it's an old there's an old stamp mill and and a bunch of stuff there and people have filmed themselves going inside that mine and it's all over youtube there's this guy i think it's i think his channel is called like abandoned mine explorations or something and he has a video of them going way back into the bighorn mine and it's crazy um, it's a lot bigger than I thought it was. I've never been inside of it. I've been up to it. And um, that's another really neat um, 
experience to check out that old uh, stamp mill site and, and the entrance to the mine. But people have, have gone through that, uh, the, the closure there of the mine, the, the gate or whatever that they put at that, that entrance to that portal and have explored that entire um, inside of that belly of that mine. And it's crazy. The videos of it are insane. Definitely check that out. If you haven't search uh, big horn, big horn mine on YouTube. One of my other favorite places to experience in the summertime, uh, again, if you're a snowboarder, um, if you keep driving up that road, highway two past, um, Vincent gap, eventually you'll, you'll come to, uh, Islip saddle and, um, some other really, really cool places that are pretty much a whole entire other podcast to talk about, um, down towards, uh, uh, Mount Wilson and cracked a ridge and all that stuff down, uh, in the Angeles uh, national forest. But, uh, just past Vincent gap and Baden Powell, uh, Mount Baden Powell's trailhead, I'll have to, uh, put the GPS coordinates somewhere, or if you're interested in this, there's what we used to call the patch back in the day. And if we have a good winter, there's a glacier that stays on the mountain all summer long, pretty much. It didn't melt until like October, honestly, um, September, October. And if you guys ever remember uh, snowboarder magazine, if you guys are into that, um, they did a competition up there back in the day at this place. And so we would go up there and, you know, during summer break, we would just go up and snowboard all day. People would set up, uh, rail slides and, um, you know, bonk buckets and all sorts of stuff, tables. And, and, uh, there was a couple tabletop jumps up there and it was basically this glacier of snow that would just stay there all year. And it was in this Canyon and, they made it into a snowboard park and it was awesome. So we go up there and spend a lot of time during the summer and it's on the left side in this huge, like deep Canyon that comes off the road, um, just up from, uh, Vincent gap. And it's, it's right below the summit actually of Baden Powell and, uh, just amazing. The views off that, that were awesome too. A lot of really cool hiking and, and along that road, there's just tons of campgrounds and ca- camping areas, um, especially if you, there's like a three-way split at mountain high West. You can either go up, um, to the left and stay on highway two, or you can go straight. Um, or you can go to the right up to table mountain. But if you go straight, it'll take you down to like Jackson Lake, um, like Valley Irmo, uh, Pier blossom, all that area down there. Jackson Lake's a pretty cool place to check out. A lot of people over the years have fallen through the ice on that lake. A lot of stupid idiot flatlanders go up there and they, they think they can walk on the ice and they fall into this lake. And actually there was a lot of drownings there back in the day when I lived up there, um, that you would hear about, but, um, just a, a really beautiful little lake, mountain lake up there. And, um, if you're careful, um, it's really neat and, um, a lot of good fishing there. So, yeah. So Wrightwood is a really, really cool place. Definitely add it to your, your bucket list of places to see and to check out. Like I said, there's a ton of camping up there, especially down by Jackson Lake. Um, there's, uh, apple tree campground and, um, just a bunch of stuff down there. I think you can actually camp at uh, Jackson Lake too still. But yeah, if you need any GPS coordinates for any of these spots or any information on how to get to them, please let me know. Uh, Like I said, I spent a lot of time growing up in that town and, um, you know, Wrightwood has all sorts of really cool places 
to to uh, to visit. There's Twin Lakes, which is kind of like a private lake club um, that you can uh, enjoy in the summertime, and just all sorts of really neat things. They have old old car club uh, like shows up there, and uh, Park Avenue right there in the, in the middle of town. There's some really neat little shops and and uh, um, like sports bar, you know, restaurants and stuff right there along the main drag, and um, just really cool. So. Anyways, I hope you guys get up there and enjoy it and hope you've enjoyed hearing a little bit about Wrightwood and my experiences up there. And uh, I will definitely be doing more of this kind of stuff. I just put a, a poll out there on Instagram to see what people are most interested in. And uh, it kind of seems like the consensus is um, destinations. So I'm going to start doing more destinations and it was about 50, 50 between interviews and stories, trail stories. So, uh, I'm going to start doing some more interviews. I got some lined up and I think you guys will really enjoy what I have coming up. So definitely keep on listening and I really appreciate you guys. Thank you so much for the support. Please, 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 if you could just take two seconds of your day and go to Apple Podcasts and uh, give me a rating on there, that would be awesome. You just click on shows. If you have guys if you guys have subscribed to our show, at least, um, click on shows and then scroll all the way down to the bottom below all the episodes and it should be right there. So really appreciate that. It helps us get out there and uh, this helps us get better. So anyways, love you guys and thank you so much for hanging out and we'll see you on the next one. I'm Will Cooper, host of HuntStand's Make Your Mark podcast. For even more content, be sure to watch the original films from HuntStand Presents on the Waypoint TV channel every Tuesday at 10 p.m. Eastern. Visit waypointtv.com to learn more. In Wild Country, rules were not created by man. Don't miss Wild Country, Wednesdays from 7 to 11 p.m. Eastern. Presented by Primos. Speak the language. Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment.